0: Welcome to Out to Lunch, the podcast which does what the title says. We get a fabulous person and take them out to lunch to a fabulous restaurant. We order all the food and all the good wine. And then in that environment, people talk in a way they don't normally talk. In this episode, we have an actor you will have seen in Ray Donovan, in the Mike Lee films, Happy Go Lucky and Vera Drake, Uh, more recently in Deadpool and frankly, anything that needs a brilliant actor. It is Eddie Marsan.
1: And suddenly I'm standing there and they literally put a bazooka on my shoulder and said, there's Woolsey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Eddie Marsan has no dietary requirements whatsoever. In other words, he said he'll eat anything, which meant that I get to indulge myself and bring him to what is one of my favourite restaurants, which is the fish and seafood restaurant Bentley's. Um, It's been on its present site for over 100 years, since 1916. But for about the last 10 or more years, it's been owned by the chef Richard Corrigan, who really has turned it into one of the best places for fish and seafood in London. Small disclosure... This is one of those places I come to and spend my own money. Shocking, isn't it? I go and sit at the bar and I order oysters and I'm very happy. It's a terrific restaurant. Uh, today, uh, we are going to be in a basement room because it's better for recording, but we get all the brilliant Bentley seafood. I am seriously looking forward to this. Come on in. Hello, Eddie. <laughs> Welcome to uh, your table.
1: I'll just put this over
0: here, so. Thank you for agreeing to do this.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Thank you for asking. Me. You are incredibly busy. It's what everybody always says about you, isn't it?
1: I run around a
0: lot. So to find a moment to actually get to have lunch with you feels like a privilege. When you're shooting Ray Donovan, the big series you've been doing for what,
1: six? Seven seven years.
0: Seven years. Is it true you fly home every weekend to be with the family? Yeah. yeah. And you do a roast dinner on Sundays? Yeah, Yeah. Right, so here's the really important question.
1: What's the key thing to roasting beef? i use this method where i turn up the oven really yeah. hot as hot as it will get. as hot as it can get for five minutes a pound okay and then i turn the oven off and then i leave it in there for two hours and don't touch it oh well, this is intriguing and then i get it out and it's always perfect
0: do you prefer to roast on the bone or off the bone Everything in, everything in. Right, yeah. five minutes per pound. So if you've got a kind of two kilo piece, you're essentially roasting it at a top heat
1: for 20 minutes and then you turn the heat off. To turn, turn everything off, but don't open the oven door for two hours. Don't touch the oven. I've never heard this method before. Yeah, it, it really works. And yeah. what does it bring it out at, medium
0: rare or just rare? Medium rare. rare.
1: Medium rare. It's beautiful. Is it? For, yeah, it's lovely. Where did you get this from? A friend of mine, it's her mother's recipe. She told me about it. When I first thought about it, I thought, that's crazy. And also, when you do it, you, you, the fire alarms go off because, the, you know, you are burning it for, for 20 minutes. But then it works. We tried it once, and it worked. And in any oven. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, that's brilliant. I think, I, I mean... <laughs>
0: I think we're done. Really, I think I've, I've actually, you know, I've gathered some information that I never had before because I've been sitting there with probes and thermometers and
1: yeah, oh yeah, all that stuff. I'm, I don't do any of that now. I used to do all that, but now I don't, and it's really nice. So, is
0: this place? Do you, is seafood a big thing? You spend a lot of your time in LA, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, seafood was a big thing in the East End. We ate a lot of seafood in, in Bethnal Green because we're near the docks. So. It was always a big thing for us,
0: and is oysters a thing for you. Do yeah. you do oysters? Or do yeah,
1: you not do yeah, and no, I do oysters. I quite like oysters.
0: Do you? Yeah. Well, oh, that's good because there's quite a lot of oysters on this menu.
1: Although you've moved
0: quite, you know, geographically. You grew up in Bethnal Green. Yeah. And now you're in
1: West London. Chiswick. Yeah. 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 You haven't got an arga as well, have you? Was no, we haven't got an arga, and I haven't got four ovens. I've got, I've got two. I've got two ovens. two ovens? Two ovens is
0: real. I've got everybody's got. I've got two ovens. <laughs> I think, I think two ovens is right, isn't it? <laughs> well, two... I
1: have to have two ovens because of the way I cook the beef. I have to keep that in. Because there's got to be something else going on yeah, in the other yeah, oven. Yeah, my potatoes.
0: Do you want to have a look at the menu? <laughs> yes, thank you. What well, can I tell you? It's all good. We can ask them to do us a, a set of oysters. Yes, yeah, that's good. So, this is Yuno, who will be serving us today. Thank you, very nice to you. Evening. We thought some oysters to kick off.
2: Of course. Uh, how many oysters would you like?
0: How much do you like
1: oysters? Well I go a lot um, I, I quite like them actually. But do I don't you? know, yeah. Yeah. If we did a dozen between us. Yeah, that'd be good. Shall I
2: make just a mix so you can try them up all of them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Brilliant. And if you have got that bit of the order in and then we'll look at the rest. Yes.
2: Yeah, I come back then as soon as I drink. Hey, okay. I drink for you for the time being? Can I get a sparkling
1: water? Drink? Just a sparkling that water. That would really? make me very happy. Actually, can I get diet coke as well? Oh, okay, Three
2: going.
1: <laughs> do you generally not drink? I do, but not that much. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not very um, good with it. I always get a bit nauseous if I drink too much. For people who don't
0: know, in Ray Donovan, you play his brother, Terry, yeah, yeah. who is an ex-boxer who has acquired, perhaps acquired or developed Parkinson's. Yes, yeah. And you've been doing it for a significant time. Yeah. I'm really... In, I mean, it's an amazing performance. It really Thank is. You. Thank you. But I'm, I'm intrigued. Over that length of time, have you had to work on... The symptoms developing. Yes,
1: yeah, and treatments as well. We worked on a, the symptoms developing, and also the the, um, the side effects of the medication, nightmares, visions, which which uh, Parkinson sufferers have. Certain medications affect the ability to temper your um, impulses. There was also something that they wanted to try for a couple of years where my character had deep brain stimulation. Which oh is right, this okay. New treatment where. You go into the brain, and if you imagine the brain, the classic idea of the brain is like a tree, it's like branches. There's certain fibres that wrap around the connections in the brain that stop the thought process coming. So if you ask somebody with Parkinson's to hold their hand straight, if you hold your hand straight, you're not actually doing nothing. What you're doing is you're adjusting your hand constantly. And what a Parkinson's sufferer will, will have is that they'll lose the ability to make that constant readjustment. So what they do is it, the hand shakes. And what deep brain stimulation is, it finds the part of the brain which is malfunctioning and it shuts it down with an electric impulse. With Terry, it's a really interesting tool for the character. It's a really interesting function to, to be playing somebody who is... Terry's in a a terrible moral dilemma within the, within the show. And that kind of shake... The way, best way to describe Terry is he's always morally between a rock and a hard place. So he's always doing this. And, You're actually
0: doing it on the other side yeah, of the table. Yeah. And yeah, It's quite disconcerting to be around someone who has got yeah, a Parkinsonian it shake. It is, yeah. Is there a challenge to, to not let the symptom become the character? You
1: have to make the symptom an expression of the character. It's actually, I mean, in dramatic terms, it is a very, very useful function for expressing what's going on within the character psychologically. Do you want to get a starter? Yeah, okay, well, what should we have?
0: Oh no, there's always just, then
2: there's a starter. <laughs> We're gonna keep you in place for a couple of hours, mate. We've got some new dishes, if you like to try, we've got some octopus a la grec, if you like. So you got just a bit of octopus, you got a bit of salad, you got oh olives, that sounds tomatoes. nice. Is that for starter? A bit of bread, broad beans, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, that'd be lovely. Thank you. And I'll start with the crispy squid. And can I get the grilled sea bass? Well, sea bass,
2: yeah. yeah. Anything to go with, sir? Any salad, potatoes, maybe? Potatoes, new so potatoes, potatoes mash, chips, maybe?
1: Chips would
0: be nice. Thank chips, you. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll have the monkfish prawn and goat curry.
2: Monkfish curry. You got some rice in there, so.
0: Can I get a greens, uh, lettuce, heart, and parmesan? It. It? Thank, Thank, Thank you, you very rest. much. It's very kind. You grew up in Bethnal Green in the seventies, yeah, and eighties, early eighties. Yeah,
1: well, I lived, I lived in Bethnal Green. I grew up, I was born in Mile End, and we moved to Bethnal Green when I was four, and I left when I was twenty-eight.
0: So it's a serious part of your life.
1: Yeah, big part of my life. Still is,
0: still is. You're very clear, and you talked a lot about your working class background and working class culture. For the point when you were growing up, you've said that your dad pretty much said leave school at fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, when you were growing up, what was your expectation? Because whatever your expectation was, you were hell of a long way from it.
1: I didn't really have much of an expectation. It was—I uh, remember a, a friend of my father's was in the print, and the print was a really good business for a young man to get into. So you mean they, the printing business, the printing business. So they said, "Become a printer." So I left school at fifteen. And then I, I I went to the London College of Printing and and did a course there for about a year, and then got a job um, as an apprentice printer somewhere. In a mer, in a merchant bank. That's actually a
0: sign of the times because now the London College of Printing is essentially a journalism college. Right. The yeah. idea of somebody actually being sent there to learn how to be a, print, yeah, a, a yeah.
1: printman is is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's what you did but in that yeah in the early eighties.
0: Early eighties. So yeah. you were
1: still were you still 16. being taught to I was knock six- hot metal. Yeah, we all everything. Yeah, or, we, the, the 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 computers were in the corner. You weren't allowed to touch them <laughs> because the union weren't letting anybody go near the computers. It was before the unions got smashed.
0: Well, indeed, mm. it's a major part of you know. I'm a newspaper man. Yeah. back and back, and I, I came in right on, on the cusp of that point. There's something sort of very nostalgic about you being taught to yeah. bang hot metal into the frame and yeah. all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, the story is that it was your uh, the guy who was employing you who saw something in you and took you under his wing. He did. It, it, it's,
1: it's actually quite Dickensian really. When I was six, <laughs> What was his name? Mr. Mr Bennett. His Mr. name Bennett. was Leslie Bennett and he used to run a he used to run a book at the Walthamstow dog track as and under the name Joe Bennett. Did he do all the arms and yeah, stuff? Yeah, did all that and, and did all the all the he was very very good at it. His father his father used to run a um he was a bookmaker in the 20s. But he used to run a... a um, him and his brothers set up a chain of uh, menswear shops in the East End through the 60s and 70s. And when I was... On my 16th birthday, he had a shop in Bethnal Green and I walked in and I asked him if I could have a job. And uh, he took me under his wing and he basically changed my life. I mean, there's lots of... He, he was one of the biggest influences on me, really. Because he was, he was, an, he was a, an East End grammar school boy. And he was a very, morally a very good man. When I first went in to w- work with him, lots of people in the East End said to me, you're working in Bennetts, can you nick us a shirt? Basically. That's what they said. And I walked in with him and the first thing he said to me was, if, a, if you steal anything, someone somewhere always pays. And that was a really massive lesson for me. I remember thinking that's such a, he was such a good moral man. It was very interesting because he was a one nation Tory and I'm not a Tory. And But to be around him and realise just how good he was. Right? The oysters have just arrived.
2: We've our famous oysters, so we got some Jersey, you got some Cullinfort and you got some Dorset. We do suggest a bit of drop of lemon and a bit of black pepper. That's, thank you. But thank you, you Brian. can choose if you yeah. like some Tabasco and vinegar.
0: Marvellous. Thank you. Enjoy thank you. thank you. One of the things I should say for the record is we're recording in a month without an R in it. And so all of these are rocks rather than any natives. Right. Because you're not meant to have the natives in a, in a month without an hour. Right. When did you go onto Twitter? Because
1: uh, you're very present it, on Twitter. Yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of tempered it a bit now. You have? Yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paddy Constantine got me onto it when I was, well, after we finished, I think it was about 2011, 2012, it was when I went to do Ray Donovan. Right. I went to do Ray Donovan and he said, get on this and, and we'll communicate via this and we'll send each other messages. And the first thing that happened was I went there and then there was an EDL march. English Defence League? Yeah, and Tommy Robinson talked about representing the white working class. And I just sent out a tweet saying, you don't have the intelligence to represent me. And that was the first thing where people suddenly thought, oh, hold on, you, you're an actor, you're not supposed to be saying things like that. That's the interesting thing, because, I,
0: I, 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 you know, you have been extremely vociferous. In What's the word? Refusing to allow people to define what being working class means What yeah. that background means yeah. And what that politics means
1: Yes, yeah And also not to have a patronising definition of it Or a romantic definition of it One of the things I've realised is that people think that, that Money and wealth is an indication of character And it isn't And also I, 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 don't, I have a really a healthy distrust of anybody Who is an ideologue or a populist and anybody who, who thinks in a binary way. That's one of the reasons why I don't like Corbyn, because I think he's very binary.
0: Jeremy Corbyn, yeah, leader he, of the Labour Party. He takes,
1: he takes half the truth of something and runs with it. And, and ideologues will always do that. That's why they always end up being exposed, and they always end up lying, and they always end up trying to cover their tracks. Let's really piss off
0: some people by you start to eat <laughs> some oysters uh, in a fancy <laughs> way while, while explaining why you hate Corbyn. Um, LAUGHTER but oh no, it really will, but we don't care. But
1: not only that, but I mean, yeah. it's also you know that's why I don't like Brexit either, because and why I don't like the Brexit Party or UKIP, because I think it's it's taking half the truth and running with it. That's what populism does.
0: There was a fascinating moment. Not sure if it was last year or the year before. Very specific thing where you referenced pub culture yeah. and fear among your many yeah. of your friends about dads coming home pissed yeah. and who was going to get a slap. Yeah, yeah, and people went. Berserk, they, they did, they did, yeah. It was very
1: interesting because... What was the context? Why did you tweet that? I can't, I can't remember what the... I was f- talking... at the, It was a dinner party, actually. I think it was with Jason Isaacs and a few active friends of mine. And right. somebody said about how they weren't going to vote Labour anymore. And I just said, I was at this dinner party and people were talking about their Labour supporters and they're beginning to pull away. So basically, all these Corbyn supporters... And a lot of them who aren't working class but have this romantic view of the working class suddenly came, suddenly started to say, oh, you go to dinner parties now, do you? And I just said, look, I don't like pubs. As long as I don't like pubs, I've, yeah. I've never really liked pubs because to me they were always represented as an aspect of fear where I grew up because you never knew how the old man was going to come home. You never knew what state was going to be in. You know, Sunday lunchtime when the pubs closed, it was always like, what's, the dad, what's Dad going to be like when he gets home? And they suddenly said that I was um, making a generalization about the working class and that and that how could I say that that, that, that um, now I go to dinner parties and, and because I prefer to have dinner at home or go to a restaurant with friends and What shocked me was people like owen jones and and a lot of other prominent Corbyn supporters were saying that I was making a comment on the working class and I was thinking hold oh, on a minute, what makes you think that I don't have working class people at dinner parties what makes you think that working class people don't go to restaurants, That's, you're exposing yourself in your preconceived idea about my culture, not not me The other thing that really struck me was you were well up for it yeah, yeah you're up was. for a fight. You I, I can. I mean, Ray Winston always said about me, I, I can have it on the cobbles. That's what he always says. You love have it. have it on the cobbles. Yeah, you love it on the
0: cobbles. Don't you? Was that
1: Deptford talking?
0: <laughs> Deptford talking to Bethnal Green. You talked about your dad. I think yeah. I
1: got the impression. Is he still with us? Yeah, it? he is still with us. I had a, when I was younger. Um, my parents had a very difficult divorce, so I had a long time where I had a difficult relationship. I have a good relationship with him now. He's a very good grandfather. But when I was growing up. We kind of were at odds with each other for for quite some time, yeah. And Mr Bennett kind of stepped in and became my father figure.
0: Famously, the story is that you were dancing, you you were an expert dancing in a film, Empire State. Yeah. Uh, Which was, Empire State was about what was going on in the East End at that time?
1: I don't know, I've never seen it. (sighs) I was going to go and see it, me and my mates were going to go and see it, and they burnt down the ABC at Mile End. The night do, we you, was do. do you we think they burnt it, it down because everybody in, in Bethel Green had been in it as yeah, 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 I think so. I think there was but it, the people who couldn't get couldn't be extras burnt it down <laughs> out of out of fury.
0: But uh, so um, well, I haven't seen it either, so I could I could uh, we could probably look it up on IMDb and work yeah. out what it was about. But the key thing was you were you were part of a big dance cl- yeah a club me and, scene. Me
1: and my mates used to dance a lot, a hell of a lot. And we're talking Northern Soul Ray yeah, Group Northern and all that Northern Soul Radio, modern jazz as well I, I, I love to dance, I still love to dance now, actually One of the things about Ray Donovan, I think One of the reasons why they, they took away the shakes Was they, because on set they realised that Physically I'm quite coordinated And they wanted to explore that They wanted to explore that within the boxing and within, you know and now all of a sudden I desperately want to see you on Strictly <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> You like the clobber. Like know, I love
1: clothes. I love clothes. Even now, I love clothes. And I never play characters who like clothes. I always play characters who have terrible dress sets. I'm
0: trying to think here. Didn't you have a pretty good outfit in, um, if I get this wrong, I'm trying to think in Mr. Norris.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the because
0: you've done a lot stuff. of Victorian yeah. Uh, yeah. wearing great titfers, yeah. great hats, yeah. great trilbies. Great.
1: Yeah, when we did Little Dorrit, they gave me a great, a great hat in Little Dorrit, yeah. Yeah. So you're dancing on the floor as an extra. Yeah. And and I see Jamie Foreman, who's who's an actor and now he's a friend of mine. He did a scene. It was a great scene. He walked across the the dance floor. And he was brilliant. And I remember watching it though, and something in my mind said, ''I can do that. I could do that.'' And it just clicked. And I thought, ''That's what I want to do.'' And I went back to see Mr Bennett, and I said, ''I I think I want to be an actor.'' And he said, ''Well, if you get into a drama school, I'll, I'll, I'll pay your fees.'' And he did. Well, he did. him and my mum got together. and They raised the money for the first year, and then my drama school gave me a scholarship for the second year because they knew I was struggling for money and I had to leave it. They didn't give me a scholarship. Brackets. They also recognised you were rather good. Yeah, so I think so. That? Like, I, th- <laughs> I think so. I don't know. They were very, very conscientious people. They wanted to help.
0: Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girl? <laughs> Some peasant Coke. No. <laughs> Shall we let them um, start to bring yes. the starters? Yes. I'm well ahead of you, because you're talking and I'm just eating. Oh, those
2: you can leave them.
1: Thank you very much. You've well, also got your
2: octopus, good. a bit of uh, broad beans, a bit of olives, tomato, a bit of red onion. That's very pretty. And you do have your Christmas squid, a bit of lime aioli. Anything else for you to drink, for the time being? Can I get another Diet Coke? Of course. Thank you, you sir, anything?
1: I'm fine, oh, thank you. Okay. If you want to throw your fork into it with a crispy squid, feel free. Oh, thank you. The first film I got offered was Gangster Number 1, and there was all these gangster movies being made. And they were the trend. And a lot of very good East End actors kind of thought that they were going to be film stars because they were now making films about London life and...
0: There, there is a particular East End Jewish...
1: Yeah. Speech pattern. There is, and, it, and it's very, very, and it's more articulate. Sir James had it. Yeah, he was a classic. Even yeah, though he yeah. was actually South
0: African. Yeah, friend. yeah.
1: And it's more articulate. You, you can always. If, when I listen to an East End Jew, I listen to them. I can hear it. I can hear it. And There's more articulacy. There's a more muscularity to it. Much more muscular Maybe it's because of the Yiddish words that we'd be used at home. Although we use, did you, we use we Yiddish. We're, my, my dad used to be a lorry driver. <laughs> And his, uh, he used to yostle me up every morning. I, used to, I basically used to be asleep, and my mum said, you've got to take him to, I'm not having him in the take house, him, take him out, take that Cockney <laughs> yeah, go take, take him out, now. you take him in the lorry with you. And he, I used to be asleep, and he said, oh, yostle, come and get up. And I was yostle. To my dad, I was yostle. All the time.
0: Do you ever talk about there being a broigus in the house? Was that one of the words or not? No. I do you don't know, know, know the word broigus? No. You no. keep getting into bloody broiguses on Twitter <laughs> all the time. A broigus, it's, it's onomatopoeic, isn't it? It's, you know, it's. But the a, language is amazing. And the thing is, I play lots of juice all the time. Well, do you know, I often. <laughs> I've often looked at you and thought, is he? No, no he's not. I'm not. I'm not. Take a couple more oysters before Let's they take them away and move us you. on. <laughs> I said, well, just take the oysters off and then you can take the thing away. Yes. Yeah, uh, sure. Do you ever use schmuck? Yeah. Schmuck. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. here's the thing. One of the great distinctions between New York and London. So in New York it's schmuck. In London it's schmock, If you're from a, if you're definitely an East End, uh, old East End Jew, um, though most people don't actually know what the word means. I
1: always hear people say, oh, he, "Who's that bloke? He's a schmuck at a firm," which means he's the idiot. Yeah. So basically, schmuck or schmuck means penis. Right. <laughs> you're calling someone a cock.
0: And the the what <laughs> other additional bits? Which is brilliant. <laughs> is have you heard the word putz? So someone says he's yeah. a total putz. And the definition, according to I've heard it from Leo Rostin, who wrote the big book on Yiddish, is a putz is the same as a schmuck, only smaller and less useful. Thank
2: you. Thank
1: yeah, beautiful. you. Beautiful. Thank you
0: very much. It's it's actually one of the things I've always thought is hilarious the old the whole idea of a Jewish conspiracy. With are too bloody argumentative to organise. You know, it doesn't it, make any sense. The, 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 one of the yeah. old gags has been two Jews
1: in a room, three points of view. And it's, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it's like that with anyone, really. The, the, this idea of the, there was a, a friend of mine, uh, Stuart Wood, he, he, was a, he, he was in Gordon, Gordon Brown's cabinet in his Lord Wood. He said this great thing. He quoted this German social democrat from the 19th century who called anti Semitism full socialism because most other racists, when they're racist, they're they're hitting down. They feel superior to the person that they're attacking. But an anti-Semite is shooting up because they imagine there's this massive Jewish conspiracy and they're attacking it. That's why it's very seductive to people of of the left, because it's quite often mistaken for egalitarianism. So, for instance, Corbyn will think that what he's doing is attacking the financial elite, but actually, what he's doing is attacking, is creating this idea of there being a Jewish conspiracy.
0: Yeah, it's and it, it, Corbyn's whole, and the, the whole methodology of that area yeah. the left is where do I see the power, who do I think has the power, then I attack the power. Exactly. Where are you at? I'm finished. Yeah, you're yeah. good. take it. Thank oh, you. Does it enjoy? That's lovely, yeah. beautiful. Thank you. I'm just talking a lot. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, oh, I think our main courses are arriving. This has been so far three courses
1: because we have not have an enormous... <laughs> this is like, of my, I got married in Italy and it was just like this. It was just non-stop.
0: Well, it just it all kept coming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So we got your course. we got your monkfish curry, curry. you got the king prawns and the fillet of monkfish. A bit of yoghurt. Very pretty. And we've got your fillet of seabas grill. That's very kind, of you. A bit of wild garlic and... Uh, with thank nice you nice very toast. much. Thank you. A bit of lettuce with parmesan and uh, anchovies. Cheaps as well. Anything else that I can get for you to drink? Do you want another Diet Coke? Yes, if yeah. I may. Is, is that you your vice?
1: Okay. Yeah, I do. Diet like Coke. Caffeine. Co- 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 Coffee is to
0: You left school... Of 15, essentially, I'm assuming, without many yeah, qualifications, without qualifications or any yeah, at all. Yeah. Although, of course, obviously, you now have a qualification for drama school. I'm so. a doctor now. Are you a doctor? <laughs> did you get a doctorate? Yeah,
1: I gave me a doctorate.
0: We, who gave you the doctorate? My,
1: my drama school last year, they gave me a doctorate. I had to go and make a speech, and did I'm you? an honorary doctor, yeah. Did you
0: have gowns and I everything? I did, and a hat. And a we, hat. Must <laughs> <laughs> have been brilliant. Um, but I think it was it may have been you quoting your wife who said that uh, Twitter was almost your university debating
1: society. Yeah, she said that. She said you love debating. You love you love um... because acting has given me a love of language that I never had before. I was always a terrible malaprop for years. I was a terrible malaprop because I, I had no academic. Well, you really would use the wrong oh, words for. I, I'm I, this is hilarious. I'm what you call a dextrocardiac. I have this thing called sinister invertus, which means that all my visceral organs are reversed. It's your heart on the wrong my side. My heart's on the wrong side. My liver, my kidneys. So are,
0: hang on, I've, I've never come across yeah. this. You are literally all your organs yeah. are reversed. All my organs are reversed. Have, have any doctors who haven't mentioned this to shove the
1: yeah. ethoscope on the wrong yeah. side yeah. and go, yeah. "Fuck, he's dead." Yeah, they have to do it. And when they do that thing where they check where you're hollow, I'm always hollow where I shouldn't be hollow. And, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's very. But uh, but it's called a dextrocardiac. When I was a kid, I was dextrocardiac, but I was always a ter- terrible malaprop. So. When I went to printing college, the first day of college, they said, can you tell us something special about yourself? No, I'm a dextrocardiac, And I got up and said, I am an aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: they, were there <laughs> any women in the room who looked in? <laughs> and I, I said, went, well, you're all right.
1: <laughs> there's, not me, there's not many in the country, and I'm one of them. And then when I went home and my mum said, how'd you, go on a, how'd you get on the um, printing college, boy? I said, well, mum, I told him I'm an aphrodisiac. And she said, you silly bastard, you're a dextracard. <laughs> and I was always terrible with malapops, always. And even now I struggle with words over three syllables. And but I, I, I have to use them. Because they're in scripts
0: and you yeah, yeah. and they have to be said. Yeah. You said once I thought it was quite amusing, yeah. this was an interview with Commodore <laughs> Mayer, that you were asked which was the role you hated most and it came after the one that you actually loved most. So happy go lucky, you play the driving yeah. instructor. And then you said and then in Hancock the sort of weird
1: yeah. Oh, it was just the same role. I just put on a different accent. Yeah, it was terrible, awful. <laughs> I blew it. I should have. I should have. I should have played a great. It was a. It was a big Oliver movie. I was playing a big villain, but it wasn't a well written part. It wasn't that well written, and I was literally on Holloway Road, doing Happy Go Lucky on a Thursday, and on, and I got home from work and my agent said they need you in, they need you in. LA on Sunday to shoot this movie. Someone's dropped out, and I said, All right. So I went over to LA and I literally stood there. And I'd, I'd spent a year playing this, ca- creating this character for Mike Lee and Happy Go Lucky. And suddenly I'm standing there, and they literally put a bazooka on my shoulder and said, There's Woolsey. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, had, and yeah. I had to do it in a So it's basically the same character. In the, the same L- character. So you went from, you <laughs> yeah. know, shouting yeah. Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Just so so Break! Ball. Break! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I literally said, Then Raha as I blew him up. You know I mean. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And now a word from our sponsor, which in this case is me. I've got a new book out. It's called My Last Supper, One Meal, A Lifetime in the Making, in which I attempt to answer the one question I've been asked most often, what would my last meal on earth be? I go out in search of the ingredients. It does include pig. And I tell the stories behind them. It's available now in hardback, ebook, and audio formats. And I'm also on tour with a live show based on the book. For tickets and info, visit jrayner.co.uk. And now back to Out to Lunch.
1: I work with John Foyt and he's just come out and said that Trump's the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. And thank God I'm not on Twitter now because the the amount of people will be coming up to me and saying, "What what are you going to say about it? Well, I tell you what my opinion about that is. I disagree with him 100%, but I think he's got a right to say what he wants to say. How would you get on with him on set? You Is your right? I love yeah. him when he talks about acting. When he talks about acting and, and New York in the 60s and 70s and, and all these young actors who went on to become the greatest actors in the world, it's fascinating. And now, he, John and he,
0: Voight was part of the the um,
1: Robert De Niro, yeah.
0: Al Pacino crew, yeah. wasn't he?
1: Yeah. So we talk about politics sometimes as well and we disagree. And I tease him and he teases, teases me. But I like him, I just don't agree with him. He's in an interesting position actually, because yeah. to, to be a um, not just a Republican, but a, a, a Trump supporter yeah. in Hollywood Yeah. is tricky. Yeah, yeah. I was working with him when I was in LA, and I was working with him, was shooting a funeral scene in a church. It was in July, and I said, uh, I've got to I've <laughs> go now. And we finished one, and I said, see you later, like John, see you Monday. And I got in a car turned on the radio and I had CNN on the radio and suddenly I heard John's voice and he said, hello, my name is John Voight, let me tell you about my friend, Donald Trump, and he was narrating Trump's video at the Republican National Convention and I was like, oh, I have just worked with Sproul and you just have, your mind has to kind of, that's one of the things, because I work with him and I've known him for seven years and apart from politics I agree, he's, he's a lovely bloke so, you, you can't, you know, and he, he's he got a right to say, and if you disagree with him, you've got a right to disagree with him and tell him you disagree with him. But you can't stop people saying what they want to say, as long as they're not breaking the law. Are you, uh. I'm great. I'm great. great, thank you. Yeah.
2: All All right. the chip. <laughs> leave the chips. I leave them on the table. Yeah, yeah. go on. Thank
1: you. Do you do dessert? Yes, I do, actually. I'll do anything. I'm an actor, I'll pre meals a free meal.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, it's funny, this is, uh, you know. Richard Corrigan's restaurant is known for seafood, but their desserts are a thing. Japanese cheesecake, orange and apricot, or soft meringue, white peach, raspberry and elderflower, which has my name on it. Warm orange cake with Sicilian citrus sorbet. Actually, this is quite difficult. Chocolate mousse, hazelnut cherry, salted caramel cream, and a creme brulee. Or strawberries and what's a summer pudding like? A summer pudding should be um, it's it's bread on the outside, filled with berries and red red berries. It's compacted down. It should look very pretty, and then you cut in.
1: I think I love a summer pudding,
0: and I will have the orange cake with the Sicilian citrus sorbet. I think I just want that because I like the words warm orange cake, Sicilian citrus.
2: Yeah,
1: thank you very much. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Shall I get after any
1: coffee for you or anything else? Can I, can I get an espresso, if I Single or double? D- double, please, thank you. Two of those, two doubles. Double, thank
2: you. Thanks very much. What are you not very
1: good at? I, like, I've, got, like, my, I've got brother-in-laws who can fix washing machines and, and I'm not like that at all. No, I'm rubbish at that. My time. family always say the only thing you'll do, if you die, you, you can do eulogy. That's the, That's the only thing I can do. But on a film set, I'm good. That's what I know. What I'm doing, I'm very good at it. Ever done any musicals? No, I'd love to do a musical. I, I've always wanted to do Guys and Dolls. I've always wanted to play Nathan Detroit. Oh, for God's sake! This is now <laughs> taped. It's recorded. I mean, this is an
0: obvious thing, is it not? You can see quite clearly that. Yeah. And would you go to go back to the stage to do it if it was I offered?
1: Would, I'd like, if they asked me to do Nathan Detroit. All right, then. for fuck's
0: sake! Every <laughs> producer in town, please listen to this. Anybody, Sam, would like to play Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls? And this is. I'd love to. <laughs> I think it's would be
1: great. Have you have you made advances to anyone? I mean, that is the kind of thing we have to be asked, isn't it? Yeah, I've never. No one's ever asked me. No one's ever asked me. I get asked to do plays a lot. I get sent scripts all the time, and I, I can't do them. I'm not available to do. them All right.
0: Well, I'm. I'm just putting on the record that I would love to see you do Nathan <laughs> Detroit in Guys and Dolls. Um. And there was never any kind of resistance to oh being an actor. That's not a... my
1: old man didn't understand it. He thought I was gay. He did. He did. He thought I was gay. Uh, he well, did. that's the simplest explanation for all this wanting yeah. to dress up and put Although he enjoys it now, you know, they, they, they enjoyed it when it became successful, but uh, they didn't quite understand it. I remember once doing a play, I remember once playing Caligula in London. And you I, filthy bastard. And there was and there was a it was in the round, and at the end of Caligula, all the Roman soldiers are coming to kill him, and a director said um, I want you to turn around, and the audience are going to be in around And I want you to turn around, and whoever you're facing in the audience, you've got to plead for your life. The speech, you've got to plead. To them I can see mic. where this is going. And my dad was sitting in the front row, so I'm playing it, and all these these soldiers are running around, and they're coming to kill me. And I'm, and I turn around, there's my old man there, and I think I've got to now, nah, I just got to you do got the speech. through. So I'm doing the speech, and he literally went, "Fuck off, fuck off." <laughs> 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 Don't make a scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: you
2: got your oh, man. oh. Wow. Summer pudding with a bit wow, of a Wow, check the of that.
0: Orange <laughs> cake. Thank you very mm-hmm.
1: much. Should I grab another Coke for you, sir? No, you? I'm good. Thank you.
0: I'm good. No, I'm good. Thank you. So, we, we, uh, summer pudding is. There's a particular way it should look, and I have to say, this one does look right. It's incredible, isn't it? It. I'm, I'm not sure whether it you're meant to eat it or transplant it into somebody's chest. <laughs> it's. It's such a deep, deep red. It's beautiful, a, isn't it? It really is.
1: I don't, I don't, eat yet. I don't want to break you.
0: Well, I'll just sit there and stare at it for, <laughs> for a while. What was food like when you were a kid? What was, what was your mum's cooking?
1: wasn't very good, really. <laughs> lots of uh, beans on toast. There was lots of West Indian food. There was lots of... Um, St. Lucian yeah, dishes. Solution, yeah, uh, fish cakes and r- rice and peas and um, chicken and uh, um, curry goat. For my 18th, me and Mrs Mitchell had to go down to Petty Lane, and uh, so they slaughtered a goat, and she cooked it for curry, for a curry goat for my 18th birthday party.
0: That sounds fabulous.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, I had a lot of that. Um, lots of bagels. Uh, Any particular filling for you? I uh, salt beef with salt beef with mustard. Fat
0: on or fat off? That was always fat on. Fat on. Fat on. <laughs>
1: I've never asked so, me that. Just that bit. I
0: just have I've always said it was the key question that you should be. If if it's a good place doing salt beef, they've got to ask whether you want the fat really? on or fat
1: off. Yeah. Um, pie mash. Pie mash was always. A bit there was good. still a few of the old pie mash there shops. Is, yeah, there was. There, I think there's one left in Bethnal Green Road and one in Roman Road. So I used to, whenever I, um, on a Saturday, would go round my mum's and the family would phone me and have to get fifteen pies, uh, fifteen mash and, and three large liquor, and I had a box and I have to carry it, you know. There's a funny thing about pie mass shops. In uh, you, you ever seen that? Uh, there's a vegan Harry Krishna restaurant just off Oxford Street. Yeah, I know exactly where you mean. Just just before yeah. you go into Soho Square. And there's a and there's a thing of of the the um, progression of man from a young child to old man and then being reborn again yeah
0: the image on the yeah.
1: graphic on the wall and I always used to think that in a pie mash shop it was like that with the with the ladies serving the pie mash because there would always be a young girl and then a teenage girl like 18, 19 who was in the blossom of her beauty, and then an older woman with a fag hanging out her mouth doing the mash. <laughs> and it was like that, you'd see over the years, you see that young girl of about 12 suddenly become the blossom and then the mother, <laughs> they go back, and now she's the old woman with, with a the fag hanging out of her mouth <laughs> and it was literally the same thing. <laughs> Did you ever do the eels? I, mean, I don't want to get into stereotypes. Yeah, oh, definitely. definitely. What, well, jelly eels? jelly eels. Do you actually yeah. had a
0: taste for them? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because my old mum, again, another old East End she loved them, and I oh, couldn't, couldn't
1: Bear them! But they're very similar to the oysters we just had. They're similar.
0: They're very... I, I don't know. Now, I always thought they... Well, it was a combination of the jelly and the bones. The bones thing.
1: Yeah, the bones. And also, we used to get them in a bucket. And you'd come around and some bloke would say, which one do you want? How'd you know you got that eel? <laughs> How'd you know you got that one? What, so it would we'll still be a... Yeah, still be alive in a bucket. Yeah. And you'd cut it up and they cut it up. Then were the days. And there was... What was it? What was it? Um, Tubby Isaacs. Used to be outside all the East End pubs. I would see the Welks? Yeah, and Ray Winston tell me a funny story. We've worked with Ray Winston. He said, if you want some Viagra, Tubby Isaacs. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, I'm okay.
0: I kind of want to say to Ray, there are easier ways. <laughs> there are easier ways. Maybe you Isaacs. get a boot, Just so off, off prescription and it's fine and no-one will judge you but what the hell was Tubby Isaacs knocking? <laughs> uh, we don't know whether this is true. And we're I know, it was <laughs> true. he was joking. I <laughs> love the idea. I, I love, love the idea. idea. So um, listen, um, as you as you finish off the last scraps of your beautiful sorry. summer pudding, Eddie Marsan, if I may, thank you for letting me take you out to lunch. it's been a real pleasure. I really
1: enjoyed it. Thank you very Good. much. Thank you.
0: Eddie Marsan really loves to talk and I love talking to him and uh, Bentley's I think was the perfect setting for us all those oysters Uh, do please subscribe to Out to Lunch because it makes us feel better about ourselves and make sure that you get every single edition as it drops and um, as I've, you know, taken you out to lunch would you mind paying me back by dropping a nice review five stars would do it makes me very very happy out to lunch is a something else and jay rayner production the theme music was written arranged and performed by jay rayner and robert rickenberg the mix engineer was josh gibbs the assistant producer was jemima rathbone the producer is selena ream and the executive producer is darby doris additional production is from steve ackerman next time it's the actor the director the queen of the profanity it's kathy burke you Like your own company, yeah. Spend 90% of your time, I think you said, by yourself. Yeah, because I'm great. Wouldn't you want to be with me? I would absolutely.